This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome back to Rams Talk Podcast. We're here today and you'll see there's currently only three of us here. Uh, we're a little bit late because we're waiting for Adam, who said he'd be here at 10 past. He's not, so we'll see when he turns up and uh, we'll see if he can join. But joining me so far, we've got Jamie Page. How are you, pal? Yeah, I'm good. I'm a little worried. If your Wi-Fi goes this week, it'll just be me and Vic. So um, <laughs> you assure me that your Wi-Fi is is capable of... Yeah, okay. Let's see what happens. <laughs> We've also got Vic Singh. How are you, Vic? Good evening, gents. Yeah, not too bad. Uh, reflected on yesterday. Let's just move on, don't we, really, and see what we can do on Tuesday. We do, we do. And I think we'd better start by saying, I mean, I don't know what you guys think. I don't think we were that bad yesterday. Um, I've seen a lot of comments on social media talking about how awful we were. You know, I had some replies to my tweet saying, you know, we didn't work the keeper. We didn't do anything like that. Yeah, we probably probably could have gone forward a little bit more, but we actually had the same amount of shots on target that Barnsley did. It's just Barnsley were much more clinical with theirs, which I'm sure we'll get on to slightly later on. But I mean, we, we, we should probably start off on, on the positive note, you know, going 1-0 up. It was a really, really good moment. Sonny Bradley scored his first of the club right in front of all the travelling fans. It was absolutely crazy in that away end, which was really great to see. Um, great header, great ball from Hurahan. We sort of we exposed them early on with their zonal marking and we, we got the better of them again. I mean, Jamie, it's good to see our set-piece attacking training paying off. Yeah, exactly. And great to see Sonny Bradley get on the score sheet because we know how much of a weapon he can be when he's when he's in that kind of area. Um, we've got three centre-backs when we play a three that, that love to go and attack a ball. And potentially at, at times this year, we, we should have seen more from it. But yeah, really good ball in. And when it hit the back of the net in front of the fans, you just thought, hold on a minute. Is it just going to be one of them days that, that you know, we're going to be able to get across the line? make up a little bit of ground, hopefully. Um, but unfortunately, it, it wasn't to be. But I think to agree with you, I, I didn't come away from the game thinking, you know, it's it's absolutely disastrous and we're now in a playoff race. Actually, I thought, I, I still think we're in a in a top two race. It's just kind of been a bit, a bit broader. I think Barnsley are now involved. Um, but I don't, really feel worse for losing. I know that doesn't make sense, but 
yeah, I, I didn't kind of come away and think, you know, it's the end of the world. Yeah, and, and I actually agree with you because I, I remember when that second goal went in and even when the full-time whistle went, it was sort of, we kind of shrugged our shoulders and went, it's disappointing. You know, it's disappointing. We had a really good chance to make a dent in Barnsley's chase, but, you know, we ended up not getting over the line. I don't think it's the end of the world that, that some people have said. You know, obviously, it's it's disappointing. We were leading away from home against a team that's right behind us. It was a great chance. It would have put us, in hindsight, ahead of Bolton quite comfortably um, with their defeat. You know, it would have put us miles ahead of Barnsley and it probably would have put us in the ascendancy and probably pole position to get second place. But one defeat doesn't change all of that. It doesn't completely knock us out of it. I mean, we battered them 3-0 earlier on in the season and they've narrowly beaten us 2-1, you know. So I, I wouldn't say across the two games we disgraced ourselves. I don't think yesterday we disgraced ourselves either. I mean, Vic, one of the things I just wanted to ask you is, I guess your thoughts on that as well, because like I said already, it's it, it did feel disappointing, but it's really not the end of the world, is it? No, I mean, we've got to look at, if we look at the, maybe the last 10 games or so, if you look at the luck that we've probably had, I think it's sort of maybe balanced itself out in the universe somewhere that we had a defeat like we did yesterday. It wasn't for a lack of effort. I thought every player on the pitch gave 100% and, they look knackered at the end of it. It's just sometimes it's that those key moments in games. I think, Barn, like you said, Barnsley were more clinical, got their second goal. The first goal, there was nothing we could do about that. I mean, yeah, we could have closed it down a bit better, but the strike was beautiful and you could have had two, three keepers in that one to stop that. Second goal, we were blindsided by a set piece. Other than that, like you said, the game was pretty even. I don't think we were worse off than them. If anything, we can take encouragement from it because this is a team that's meant to be around us. And if, if all the teams are like that, then... It's going to be a good fight till the end, isn't it? So, yeah, I'm I'm not too down about it. We'll just pick ourselves up like we always do and beat Charlton on Tuesday. Don't say that. <laughs> We've got to actually do that first. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I know exactly where you're coming from, Vic. I completely agree with you. Um, you know, coming away from that game, again, really disappointing, really, you know, it's sad after we sort of took the lead. But, again... That game won't define our entire season, hopefully. We've got a really good chance coming up on Tuesday to put things right. And, I mean, Jamie, one of the things that I guess we need to talk about as well is is the Barnsley fans. Now, we, we tend not to talk about the opposition too much on here um, because, you know, you know how people can get people can get upset about things. But just a couple of things from yesterday. Barnsley did this last year as well. They had uh, Scarf Day, as they called it, which is a horrendous name. But the actual execution of it, I thought, was pretty good. I thought the atmosphere was pretty good. Um, and they sort of bounced off the away fans as well. It was it was a really good atmosphere, especially when we scored and they still kind of kept singing as well, which doesn't usually happen at, at games at this level. You know, usually we score and the opposition don't say a word for the rest of the game. But the way they've reacted since the win has been bizarre. I mean, the stuff on social media that I've seen, the the attacks on Derby fans. I mean, I can only speak from my own experiences, but coming out of that ground and heading towards the train station, there were Barnsley fans swinging for Derby fans. I mean, obviously, there's not going to be 100% innocence on our side either. But it was it was crazy. There were people throwing coins off the top of a bridge and there were kids running away and getting pushed around by police. It was ridiculous. And... I know we've talked about it before, you know, Derby are the cup final. It did feel a little bit like, you know, yesterday was Barnsley's big cup final of the season. You know, Derby have come to town, brought loads and loads of fans. Barnsley have ended up winning. And I don't know. I just thought it was a little bit strange. What did you think? 
Yeah, it's strange. And I think over the, the course of the last couple of years, especially since COVID, when we're all locked away for a long period of time, everyone seems to have come out and angry. And, you know, there, there has been some ugly ugly scenes kind of across the game, um, you know, nationally. Um, obviously not not good to see those things um, happening within the, within the sport, in, in the stands. And hopefully we, we don't kind of see it at, at Pride Park because I think as, as much as we're passionate, I think also we are respectful as a, uh, as a fan base as well. For me, it just, felt like, it just felt like yesterday that Barnsley kind of almost, they announced that they're going to crash the party, so to speak. You know, that they've, they've almost, I tweeted about it after, they've almost kind of gone under the radar for for some people. And and that win yesterday with a game in hand, meaning that they can go level on points with us if they win it, it just shows that, okay, yeah, we were talking about Bolton, we were talking about Pompey. At one time, we were talking about Peterborough, but now we've got to talk about Barnsley. Um, and as, as, as good as it is taking that amount of fans to an away game, unfortunately, when, when you do that, it, it just kind of rolls up the home fans. Um, and they bounce off it. And, and watching the game on Rams TV, I mean, yes, you heard, you heard the the Derby fans before and and throughout the game, but I think it just added to a an excellent atmosphere that then added to an excellent game of football. I think if you're a, a neutral watching that game, it's a, a really good advert for for League One football too. You know, relatively well followed. Well, we're very well followed. I'll call them relatively well followed <laughs> team. Um, that's my little swipe. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it was it was a great advert for for League One football, in in my opinion. But they basically said we're here and we're here to to fight for for one of them top two spaces. Yeah, let's hope we can uh, pick back up again and make sure that isn't the case. But let's talk about the football for a little bit, Vic. Um, and one of the things I really want to sort of touch on was to do with the way we set up tactically. Now, obviously, we weren't going into too many intricacies because that's really boring, but. At the start of the game, Derby put a lot of pressure on the the back three of Charlton, and they had uh, Charlton. God, you can tell I'm tired, can't you? On the back three of Barnsley, they both played red. Back three of Barnsley, uh, and they had a player who they just signed from DC United called Pines, number five, big centre half, and he was awful. He could not control a ball. He kept giving it away. He played Sibley through two or three times, and we were getting a lot of joy from it. And then for some reason, after 20, 30 minutes, in fact, after we scored. The mentality shifted and we stopped putting the pressure on. We started letting them have the ball and it just ended up inviting Barnsley onto us. I mean, we've seen it a lot, Vic, haven't we, this season when we take the lead and we try and sit in and absorb the pressure. But I think it really backfired. It's backfired quite a few times this season, if I'm honest. I mean, if we go just on yesterday's game, we got the lead. You think we'd go and push on for a second. We didn't. We sort of almost played as if we're sort of protecting that 1-0 lead and see if, seeing if we can see out the game. Like you said, the growing confidence there, number five, was just a lump at the back when he was just massive. But like he couldn't do anything other than probably head of the ball. <laughs> we had a few chances. I think, was it Max Bird played someone through? Um, and I think, was it the cut back to call Horahan and Horan took that one extra touch. He could have yeah. just hit it first time. That could have gone in. Again, it's, it's just that decision-making in the final third, I think. Um, like you said... I don't think we're a team that can take an early lead and protect it. If we're going to take an early lead, we've got to push on for a second or a third, depending on the circumstances of the game. But we sort of just played into the hands, didn't we, really? If we're trying to protect the lead, you're just inviting that pressure. And 
with the attacking talent they do have in there with Devante Cole, who I thought was actually pretty good yesterday, even though he didn't score, he's, he was still very active and pulling players left, right and centre. We just played into the hands and I think going forward, I think we need to find a way where if we're going to score early, we've got to go and get a second and a third because I just don't think we're good enough to protect the lead. And if we now we're in the business end of the season, every point counts. So let's see, let's see what happens going forward. But I, even tactically, I thought we set up all wrong yesterday. It just didn't look, didn't look as comfortable as we should have been. I mean, you say that, Vic. It's interesting, isn't it? And that's been a lot of the debate on social media is that you say that we didn't set up right, but until we scored, I thought it was perfect because Barnsley couldn't break us down. We know what Derby are like by now. We know exactly how they'll shape up. We're going to be defensive. We're going to try and hit teams on the break and nick goals from set pieces. That's the whole game plan. That's Warren's identity. And I think we did that and we pressed and we stopped them from really playing the ball. And then all of a sudden, when we scored, we changed to a different Derby. Uh, the derby that we're becoming a little bit too familiar with, you know, very passive, sort of letting them control the ball up to the halfway line, getting penned in our own half. And I think that changed the game completely. I think, you know, who knows? <laughs> but could, it, could, it, could it be a mentality thing then? Because if we are maybe. taking the lead and relaxing too much, then it's obviously coming to our detriment, isn't it really? Yeah, it could be. But then who does that fall to? Is it the players? Is it the manager? Is it both? We are second. <laughs> I think we need to remember that sometimes. You know, we've got the best defensive record in the league, best away record in the league. We're in the top three for goals scored, um, you know, goal difference. I think we've got the best goal difference in the league. You know, even though we watch and we come away from it and think, ah, oh, it wasn't that great today, we're still right up there. And we're still in a good position. So I, I agree, Vic. I think it's really weird that we come away from every game thinking, oh, we've set up wrong. We should say it every week, don't we? Every single mm. week we come away and go, oh, I got it wrong at the start there. Or, oh, I wasn't quite right. And then we make a couple of changes and all of a sudden, oh, it is right. So, oh, I don't know, mate. I don't know. I'm getting to the point now where I genuinely don't know how to analyse it anymore <laughs> because it changes every single week. Um, we might as well talk about that, Jamie, because we started off in a, a 5-3-2. We had Sibley and Mendes Lang up front, which uh, I called for last week. Sorry, wish didn't. Um, I thought Sibley did quite well off the ball, didn't really do a lot on the ball because he didn't get it. Um, I thought Mendes Lang, he, again, when he has to play really centrally, he's quite restricted and doesn't look the same player. But I thought in midfield, we looked strong. We had, you know, a lot of players that were fighting for every single ball. And I thought that suited us quite well. What did you make of it? Yeah, I mean, as I, we alluded to at the top of the show, I, th I think we actually played quite well across the whole game, but but definitely out of the traps played quite well. I was actually quite impressed with Sibley. I think he put himself about quite well and you could tell he was looking to take his chance. Unfortunately, don't feel like he did. But yeah, I guess just to touch on on that point about Mendes Lang, I actually thought he had quite a poor game. Um, I don't like him centrally and I know it's needs must at the moment, but I think it's vital that we, we get him out wide and we get Dwight Gale through the middle on Tuesday. I think um, for me, as, as much as... You know, he is a, an impact player and and you fancy him when he's kind of one on one. He needs to, to come from them wide areas rather than rather than centrally. And I thought actually he, you know, it was, it was quite easy to play against. I think sometimes people probably look at Mendes Lang and think, right, we have to have to double up on him and he's going to be the Derby danger man. But I think yesterday you probably could have left him alone up front and he, he probably wouldn't have done anything, to, to be quite honest. So, look, we, we know that players have hot hot streaks we know that players you know 
have have dips in forms as well, and that's probably why they're playing at this level and not in the championship and beyond. But for me, you've got a, a goal scorer on the bench who, I mean, whilst we were waiting for you to to load up again, Jake, me and Vic were talking about Dwight Gale and just saying how sharp he looks. And I think you've got to play him. You've signed him to play him, so so get him in there from the off and and hopefully Mendes Lang can, can be out wide and there can be a link there. Absolutely. And Vic, hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? But yesterday, I think we really could have done with Dwight Gale starting that game. What do you mm. think? No, I agree. I think it's just, I think you can see a massive difference in having that sort of um, focal point. I think Dwight Gale will be that focal point, obviously, until if Collins makes it back or not, it's another question. But if you start off with a natural number nine, it just sort of helps everybody else sort of settle into their positions. But I think, obviously, we know Mendes Lang is way better out on the wide. Um, but again, it's the options. If we, even if the Gale can only last sixty minutes, let's do it. Um, play him, play him as that focal point, and then get someone like Barkhausen on who can run at tired defenses with his pace, go and nick a goal like he normally does. Um, maybe we need to do that going forward. I thought that's the only thing we lacked yesterday was just that focal point up top. And if if Gale's ready and if he's fit, why not? Yeah, that's it. And Jamie, I'll put the same thing to you, mate, because. You know, a lot of the talk on on the sports scene preview on, on Radio Derby on Friday was around, you know, do you start him? Do you not? Uh, Warren said he could probably do 60 minutes. Now, as Vic says, if you get 60 minutes out of him starting and it puts us in a great position, that's brilliant. Instead, we brought him on when we were kind of chasing the game already. You know, it, it's not a beneficial position for him to be in because he's not going to get the service. He's not going to get the same impact. He's coming in and he's rushing around and trying to play a role that maybe isn't as comfortable as he's used to. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, if, if Warren came out and said, look, he's only got 45 minutes of football in him, then I think you'd probably say, yeah, start him on the bench until he can can build those minutes up. But 60 minutes for me, like Vic said there, you know, you give your absolute all for 60 minutes. Um, it, it's typically around the time that most teams will make a change. Yeah, maybe it's a little bit early. But we've got the likes of Barkhaze and we've got the likes of Sibley that can come off the bench and, and make a difference. And actually, them coming on and, and having kind of half an hour to impact a game is probably good as well. Um, there's nothing, you know, nothing worse than seeing a player come off the the bench with five minutes to go and, and thinking, right, this this player should have come on kind of 15 minutes ago. So for me, I think you've got to start him. Um, and yeah, I, I generally do think if you, if you give him the right service, if he plays between the posts. Um, he's obviously a, a natural finisher and, and at this level, I think he's going to score goals and that could potentially be the difference. I think we, we need match winners. We've obviously got Mendes Lang, which, um, you know, he can't do it all by himself. So let's share a bit of that that, that kind of responsibility and, and, and put a bit of responsibility on, on the shoulders of, of someone we know knows where the back of the net is. Yeah, and we saw it, didn't we? You know, you talked about him scoring goals in this division. We saw it. I mean, obviously it didn't go in, although all 5,000 Derby fans thought it did. But that chance he had at the end, he sort of peeled off his man, made the run into the box, and Max Bird found him with a moment of quality. And he was really unlucky, actually, not to put the ball in the back of the net. I know it's offside anyway. But we haven't had players that have made those moves, got into those positions, found those spaces. Obviously, Collins has scored goals, but even he doesn't have that movement. You know, Gale has had a career majoritively in the Premier League and the Championship. You know, Collins's career has mostly been in the lower league. So Gale should have that elite movement. He should be right up there. You know, in his head, he should be miles ahead of every defender in this division. So, yeah, Vic, I mean, next game, he's got to start, hasn't he? 
Yeah, it doesn't make sense to put him on the bench. I think if he's fit, he's ready to go. Start him. Let's see what he can do against Charlton. We know Charlton defensively aren't the best. I mean, we only played him, what, three weeks ago. We know they're attacking threats there, but defensively they're not that good. And I think Dwight Gale will shine in uh, playing against a defence like that. He's got that footballing brain, hasn't he? I know I know it's a bit too early to make that comparison, but it's almost like McGoldrick having that footballing brain. We know the legs might not be there, the pace might not be there, but if he's got that, like you said, that knowledge of where to be, at what point, where to get there, how to get there, that's all you need sometimes, and that's the difference that maybe we we need to sort of just cement that top two position. So if he's if he's fit, ready to go, start him on Tuesday, let him play sixty minutes, let him run himself to the ground, and obviously if we're still at nil nil, we've got players there that we can change it up and see if we can get that win. Absolutely, and Adam has decided to turn up, which is very nice of him. Hello, mate. Hello, hello. Hopefully, I sound <laughs> alright. Um, sorry for being so late. It's all right. You're forgiven. I don't know if uh, the listeners will forgive you, but we certainly do. Um, and I'll, I'll start you off, Adam, with a nice, easy question. Um, I want to ask what team you'd start for the next two games, because we've seen a bit of a, a chop and change recently. We've gone five at the back. We've gone four at the back. Uh, let us know in the comments what you think as well. We've got a couple in already. It'd be good to see more. Um, yeah. You know, what would you play Four at the back? What would your midfield be? Who would you play up top? What are you thinking? Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Well, I thought we were okay at Barnsley in terms of three at the back with Bradley. I know he's coming to the side more often recently. I did enjoy the four at the back, but I think I think it's worked a little bit better at creating chances with the three at the back. Maybe shall I say, and definitely with the added pressure of the, uh, the midfield three. In terms of who I'd play at the back, it has to be Kane Wilson at wing back for me on the right um and then also you've got bradley cashing and nelson in the middle i wouldn't i wouldn't change that you know i, I know a lot of people know i'm not bradley's biggest fan but he's putting good performances recently so i can't really complain too much there um and i think left wing back's the most difficult position i think sibley's been hit and miss in that position i think callum elder isn't doesn't doesn't have the form for that position at the moment um if he can pick up form, then he can... Yeah, I, I thought of Barnsley, his, his determination is good, but his end product or just that final pass maybe back into the midfield or going for the forward, I just don't think it's there. And I think positional-wise, sometimes he looks a little bit lost out there, especially when Barnsley are attacking. Um, Callum Elder, for me, he's putting some good performances here and there, but I'm just, I'm just waiting for that 100% consistency from him personally because um, I think he can be so effective down that left-hand side. But we just need to see it more from him. I think in the middle, 
yeah, it's difficult to change much. Adams has nailed down that position 100%. I think Max Bird's goals and assists of recent times means that you can't change him around because of, of how good creatively he's been. You know, Conor Horahan, I think he's a player that a lot of fans are kind of split down the middle with um, in terms of their opinions on, on him. But I, th- I do think he's a valuable asset in the middle. But then, you look, Louis Sibley started just behind Mendes Lang, I think, if I'm correct, in, against Barnsley or, or in and around there. And and that's where he's most effective. I know he, he wasn't too effective against Barnes in terms of goal or assist, but he was in or around there. And and that's his best position and what a lot of fans have been, have been crying out for for him to play. And so, for me, I'd stick with the three at the back. I thought we were pretty equal to Barnsley during that game. I think maybe it was just one defensive error from the corner and that, and that sealed the win for them as well as a wonder goal. So, I'd stick with the three at the back. I wouldn't change too much at this time. Um, in, at this point in the season, I think it's risky to do that because it can lead to big dips in form and, and a lot of negativity. So I'd keep it as it is at the moment and, and hopefully we record a good three points against against Charlton on Tuesday. I hope you're right. I was really trying to take all of that in. Uh, <laughs> so much information. Thank you for being so comprehensive. Uh, we've got a comment from Matt asking about Joe Wildsmith. Um, I mean, he warns come out and said that he was ill in the morning of the game. Uh, and with Vickers injured, it was either ill Wildsmith or Scott Loach. I think I'd rather Wildsmith with no arms or legs uh, playing in goal than Scott Loach. So, yeah, I think that'll be uh, that'll be why he probably didn't have his best game. Although he did make a, an excellent save in the first half, I think it's gone under the radar a little bit when the ball came in behind and he, he made a quick reaction save to his left, uh, which was quite impressive as well. Um, before I go to Jamie and Vic, I just want to read a couple of the the, the comments that we've got. We've got uh, Jim Johnson saying Gale needs to start. Peter Kerr saying we need to start Smith instead of Horahan. Uh, Hazel saying put Smith and Adams in midfield. Uh, we've got Sue says that Blackett Taylor needs to play. Uh, Robert De Silva says we need Barques and Gale and Mendes Lang as a front three with Adams, Bird and Smith behind them. Uh, we've got another comment from DB0800 saying 442 with Gale and Waggon up top. Apparently Waggon's meant to be back soon. Uh, Robert Silva's also said he's, he's told the rest of his team, Niambi Nelson, Cash and Elder as well. Uh, and yeah, we, we've got a lot of comments. I think most of us sort of pull in the same direction. Uh, Jamie, what do you reckon? Yeah, I've been I've been thinking about this a lot, to be honest. Um, whether I'd stick with the three or, or go back to a four, um, I think Sonny Bradley's been fantastic, and he's almost taken his opportunity. However, for me, I don't think you can look past Cashin and and Nelson as a four, and I I do feel that that's where we need to go. Um, as we've seen, the Ambi is a fantastic option at right back, but he's not a right wing back. So for me, I'd probably go Wildsmith, Niambi, Nelson, Cashin, Elder for now, obviously at left back. And then the three in the middle, I'd go Bird, Adams, and I'll stick Hurahan in there just because I think if you're if you're missing that that Bradley experience and leadership, you probably do need Hurahan. And I think actually he's one of these players that if he can give you 60 minutes of his experience and his leadership, and then you, you, you bring him off for a bit more legs and a bit more energy. So I'll go with Hurahan. And then I really want to see uh, Mendes Lang and obviously Gale up front. And I, I want to see. Black it's live podcast. Um, and, and obviously they've said that he's a fantastic player, but we've, we've just not seen the best of him. So yeah, ho- hopefully we see the, the best of, of Corey Blackett-Taylor in the weeks to come. 
Yeah, hopefully through the best of your internet as well, mate, because you froze whilst giving your, your front three. Um, so go on, go through it really quickly. All. It happens to us all. <laughs> I said, uh, Blackett Taylor, I want to see him on the left. I want to see Mendes Lang on the right. And I want to see Gail through the middle. Good stuff, Vic. I think I'll probably go with the same. Uh, back four, uh, midfield three, but I'd just change uh, Horahan for Thompson. I just think he just offers that bit more energy that we need in the middle of the park. But other than that, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with Jamie on that one. I think that's probably the best way to set up at home. Away from home, I'd, I'd stick with the 3-5-2, to be honest. I think it's the perfect sort of formula to get the three points away from home. I know it didn't work yesterday, but we're going to have one game where we have a blip. So I, I, I agree with Jamie. Just swap Horahan for Thompson. I'm going to say, and the only reason it didn't work yesterday is because of a 25-yard screamer mm. and uh, a header from a corner. Um, you know, Barnsley, through the majority of open play, created nothing. They didn't create a single opportunity, and, and that was down to how well we defended. In my personal opinion, I would also like to see a 4-3-3, but I don't think we'll see one. I think we've reached a point now where he wants Bradley to play, he wants Nelson to play, he wants Cashin to play. And we saw Cashin have a weird stint at left wing back in the game as well, uh, which I thought... I mean, he went on a nice marauding run at one point, but I don't think that position suits him at all. Um, and I think most people would agree with that. What I'd want to see is Wildsmith in goal, uh, left back, Elder, uh, two centre-backs, Cashin and Nelson, right back, um, oh, Niambi. Let's go, Niambi. Midfield three of Ibu Adams holding with Bird. And I'm going to say one that you haven't said yet, Corey Smith. Uh, we've had a couple of comments about Corey Smith as well. I think when he comes on, he knits the game together perfectly. Um, and you've got that balance of you've got Ebu Adams as the destroyer winning the ball back. You've got Corey Smith as a bit of the water carrier, you know, picking up the ball from the back four and, and driving forwards. And then that frees up Max Bird to do what he does best and, you know, pick out those passes and create those chances. And I think we see the best of all three players. I think when you've got Hurahan and Bird in there, yes, Hurahan's deliveries are good at times, but at the same time, I think it sort of holds Bird back as well. And I want to make the most of him before the end of the season. And then front three is really tough as well. I think, uh, for the simple reason he's barely been fit, I'm not going to say Blackett-Taylor. I'd put Barkhausen on the left, Mendes-Lang on the right, and then Dwight Gale up top as our number nine. Um, but realistically, we know it's going to be a back five anyway. So <laughs> every single thing that we've just said will probably not come to fruition, but it's uh, it's worth a chat all the same. And And one of the things that, Adam, you wanted to bring up, so I'll come to you on this, is using the sun. Now, obviously, if, when you play Sunday League, uh, and it's a lovely 10.30 a.m. kickoff and you turn up and the sun's just just started to rise in the sky. There's always one team that's going to get obliterated by the sun in their eyes. But you don't often see that in the professional game. But Barnsley did it perfectly, didn't they, Adam? Yeah, I think before the game, it was my dad's favourite subject was make sure you wear a cap because that away and you won't be able to see up the other end. And he kept saying it and kept saying it and... You know, typical, I was like, no, I'll be fine. It'll be fine. It won't be too sunny. Um, and unfortunately, it wasn't. That's probably the, the first time I've seen Barnsley do that when we've been playing them. I think it's worked in our favour in previous seasons. And, and usually we've played them around January anyway. And it's been pretty pretty grey and rainy anyway when we've played them. But they used it to their advantage, switched ends. And I definitely couldn't see. So I know Joe Wildsmith probably had the sun in his eyes as well. And I was especially nervous every time Barnsley got close to goal because I'm not sure I could see any shots that were getting fired off. And maybe that had a little bit part to play in the corner. The header I know was so close, but when you watch the replay and where he dived, he didn't really get a hand anywhere near it. Um, yeah, it was a great tactical advantage. 
by Barnsley, really something very old school, but something that worked probably so well for them um, was was the sun being against us in that second half. And, you know, when we look back upon it at the end of the season, it's the old cliche and, and how big will that three points be for them with something so simple as switching ends at the start of the game. And you do have to think, did we know about that? Did we take that into consideration? It's something you can't ponder for too long um, because you'll tear your hair out over it. But yeah, a great bit of tactical advantage from Barnsley, really. You can only applaud it. And um, they've got the three points and maybe you do have to put a little bit down to the, the sun being in the goalkeeper's eyes on that one. We sound like Arsenal fans, don't we? Or, or Liverpool fans. Oh, it was raining. too wet, yeah. <laughs> Something along those lines. But no, it did make a difference. It definitely uh, changed my viewing experience. I'll put it that way. Uh, my arms were very tired by the end of that second half. Um, but Jamie, one of the comments Warren made in his presser last night really interested me. And I, I mentioned it in our chat before we started recording. And it was to do with comments about the midfield of, of Barnsley. Now, Warren came out and said, you know, we knew Barnsley was going to be really tough. Most teams find it tough because they've got a lot of younger players that can run and run and run. And they're really athletic and they're really quick and they're really strong. Now, obviously, when he joined, he said he wanted to make us, you know, entertaining with loads of people who run into the ground. We've not really seen that at Derby. We've sort of become the, we've become Chelsea under Mourinho a little bit, you know, being really, really defensive, grinding out results, but getting those results as well. I mean, I, I thought that comment was a little bit strange because most of the signings we've been made are about 39 uh, and have all come in, including Dwight Gale, who's obviously 34. Does it seem a little bit strange that, you know, Warren's saying, oh, it's a weakness for us that we couldn't keep up with them when all the players that he's brought in have, have been, you know, so, I guess, experienced? Yeah, definitely. And I think you've got players on the bench that are younger, that have probably got more legs than the likes of, of Hurahan. I mean, take nothing away from Ebu Adams. You'd have him in there every day of the week um, on, on recent performances. But, you know, Fauna... Um, Thompson probably got better legs than the likes of, of Hurahan. But we have to remember, I mean, Paul Warren's the kind of man that he would probably go and rather watch, you know, local football down his wreck than watch Brazil and, and wants to see people run and, and put effort in. Um, he'd probably put, you know, Grant Ledbitter ahead of Ronaldinho or something like that, to, to be quite honest. Similar so, players. Yeah, very similar in all, in all fairness. Um but yeah, I think he likes to have that. And I think if we do go up, well, regardless if we go up or if we don't go up, I think if Paul Warren's still around, I think we'll see that next season. Obviously, Bird's going to be going. Hurahan's probably going to be going end of contract. So I'd imagine that he'd go out and with the with there being no kind of EFL restrictions and, and hopefully being backed if we're in the championship, wishful thinking. Um, he'll go and get players of of that ilk because we 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 know he loves his players working hard. He likes athletic players in the middle of the pitch. Yeah, yeah, he certainly does. And and Vic, I mean, to put a similar question to you, I guess you know we saw for a lot of that game, Barnsley completely outran us. Now we know the way Derby set up, sit in, contain, hit teams on the break. But there were times when, you know, even when we were hitting them on the break, Barnsley was still getting back and filling those spaces quicker than we could fill them in an attacking perspective. Does it concern you a little bit that, I don't know, maybe the players are a little bit jaded going into this part of the season? We've played a lot of games in not a lot of time and we don't have the biggest squads. Plus, we're full of injuries as well. Is it a little bit of a concern going forwards that we might not have the legs? 
Potentially. Um, again, it just comes down to who Bourne fancies at the time. Like Jamie said, we've got players like Thompson, Fauna, who can maybe do that that uh, hard work in the middle of the park. Um, but it literally just depends on what Wall wants to do, really. I mean, we've got the options there. I mean, there's players coming back now. I think Waghorn's pretty much there. I think uh, Corey Blackett-Taylor, although he hasn't hit the ground running, probably struggled to, to adapt to life at Derby. But I think if we give him a couple of games to see how he... Uh, beds into the team, we can might you might see a different player in him. I think we've got the, we've got the squad depth. I think it's just how we use it now. Um, we've got to be really clever. I think we're quite lucky in the sense that we don't have many Tuesdays at the games. I've said that. We will soon, mate. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm just thinking because I know Wickham have just got to the final, and uh, I think Northampton is an North international Hampton, break. Yeah. So I've said that now, but I think we, we've as long as we can get the players back fit and then we we start rotating properly and like precisely, especially in that midfield, we should be okay. There's a slight concern, but I think we've got more than enough to sort of push it all the way. So hopefully, fingers crossed, we can um, use use our squad depth and push ourselves over the line. Yeah, absolutely. And and just looking towards the comments, I mean, Jim Johnson saying, imagine if we had a, a fit John Jules against that centre-half. I mean, yeah, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? It would fit anyone, actually. <laughs> would have been pretty nice. Uh, we've got a favourable run of games left, but autos get tighter and tighter from C is a good point. And uh, Jack Donnelly says, if we don't go up, should Warren get the sack? Absolutely not having that conversation now. <laughs> that is not the conversation to have now. We'll see. There's uh, no point debating ifs and buts. Uh, I think we've got to get there first for that to happen. Uh, but right, let's look towards Charlton and Port Vale. Two massive home games now. Um, Charlton obviously coming up on Tuesday night. Jamie did the preview for that. So I'm um, expecting big things from what he's about to say in 30 seconds. Uh, and also Port Vale, we played them away from home and they didn't look fantastic. They're in turmoil at the minute. Um, and But they've got a new manager in, uh, Darren Moore. So yeah, that'll be an interesting one as well. So Jamie, go on, kick us off. What do you reckon for both games? So yeah, had the preview with Charlton and uh, what looking at some of their recent results. Obviously, they've they've helped us out massively by, by taking points off Bolton and, and Pompey at the weekend. My honest feeling on this one is that it's going to be a one-one draw. Um, I think that Jones has got them a bit more solid. I think they're due a win, and I think they'll get some some results and they'll they'll steer clear of the relegation zone. Um, but but for me, yeah, can't look past a one-all draw. I think it's going to be a very difficult game. Um, and as we've seen, as we saw away from home, you know, it was uh, it was only a bit of brilliance by Max Bird and and, and Mendes Lang that, that got us the win there, and it was quite a, a tough game. So I'll go one-one for for Tuesday, um, and then I think we'll return to winning ways against Darren Moore's Port Vale and, and go for a two-nil victory there. Um, who do I think will get the goals? Uh, we'll go Dwight Gale on Tuesday and we'll go another Dwight Gale brace on um, the Port wow. Vale game on Saturday. I think he's going to score goals. I mean, look, that goal that was, well, not that goal, that chance that was offside, you just saw that he knows where the back of the net is. So give him the service, get the ball in the box, play to his strengths. And I think he'll, I think he'll do us, he'll do us good. Let's hope so. And it's worth noting, I think if we don't win both these games, there's going to be a lot of questions. I think that the pressure is really going to start to build, isn't it? Because these are two games which Vic, I, I think on paper, obviously football isn't played on paper, but on paper, Derby should win both of these games. What do you think? Well, normally when we have a defeat, we sort of bounce back straight away. So I'm going to be 
I'm going to be optimistic. I think we're going to beat Charlton 1-0. I think it's going to be tight, cagey and scrappy. I think Barkhausen will come on with about 20 to go and get the winner late on. Moving on to Port Vale, I think we'll beat them. I think we'll go for an Adam Golanga special 2-1 win. Uh, I think Gale's going to get one. He's going to score on Saturday and I believe Mendes Lang will get the winner. I think we need six points, like you said. It's important now. We're in the business end of the season, so hopefully we can bounce back and get two wins. Let's hope you're right. And Adam, what do you think? I'm going to go with a, a 1-0 win over Charlton. That's probably me being optimistic. They are um, they look definitely a better side than now they're under Nathan Jones. So I'll go with the 1-0 Mendes Lang winning it late on for us. Bit of a scrappy game on Tuesday night and then Saturday against Port Vale. Obviously, Port Vale don't look great at the moment, do they? So I'm going to go with a, a 2-0 win. Dwight Gale. Yeah, Dwight Gale will get both. He's, he's bound to score and score at some point hopefully six points from the next two but that's me being very optimistic at the moment yeah i think we have to be i think we have to be i mean jim johnson's the most optimistic man i've ever seen he's but we're going to win three two against charlton and six nil against port vale um i mean if derby scored six in a game playing the way we're playing at the minute that'd be sort of special wouldn't it um but i i don't know what to think i think we'll beat charlton i think it'll be a tight one like you guys have said i think it'll be one nil um, I don't think they look too dangerous going forward. They're definitely a lot better at the back than they were. But at home and with the options that we've got, I'd like to think that we can we can breach that back line. I think Blackett Taylor and Wagon both coming back from injury. I think Wagon will play through Blackett Taylor, who will score the winner um, at Pride Park, which will be nice. And then on Saturday, I think Port Vale, as I said, I don't think we can write them off. I think they're still, you know, they've not been in a great run of form, but they're still a decent side. And I think, again, I think we'll win another game 1-0. Uh, I think we'll go into it with a back five, defend for 89 minutes and, yeah, score a last-minute winner. Uh, it'll come off Dwight Gale's head. Uh, he won't know anything about it. It'll be a deflected shot that hits him in the face and goes in and he'll wheel away celebrating. and he'll be right back in that automatics race. Right. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you did get this far, thank you very much. I know it's obviously not the best of topics. Every time we lose, it's never great, is it? But we've only lost three in 20, so... I'm sure we'll live. Uh, if you did enjoy, please do leave a like, subscribe. Uh, really appreciate that. We've we've gained a few recently, which is great. Love joining uh, or having more people join our little team. And as well, if you do listen on audio or anything like that, rate us on Spotify or Apple Pods, as long as it's five star. If it's not, we'll all get very upset. Uh, Jamie almost threw his mic to the floor in, in anger there at the thought of it not being five stars. So we'll keep it like that. So, yeah, up the Rams. Let's get six points. Let's be back here next Sunday celebrating two brilliant Derby wins. Up the Rams. Right. Goodbye from me. Dwight Gale will always score goals. Goodbye from me. <laughs> it's goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Thank you very much for everyone for listening. And uh, we'll see you soon. Up the Rams. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.